Welcome to the third season of Pop Culture Elevator. You might get off on the wrong floor, but it'll still be the right one. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to follow the rabbit down some deeper holes, and we might just make it to Wonderland. That's the adventure we're looking for. We will deep dive into some newer films, but also take a look at some of our older favorites. No movie is too big or too small for us to handle, and hey, we'll even have time to talk about film news and our favorite celebrities. That's why we're the hosts of Pop Culture Elevator. Now let's, let's get, get this show on the road. And passengers, we'd love for you to message us. So if you'd like to, you can reach us at a few different places. Our email is popcultureelevator at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is PCE Podcast. Instagram is at popcultureelevator. Facebook is facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. When Mark and I talk about pop culture, we have a hard time censoring ourselves. So there are spoilers. Some of these spoilers are many years old and some only a few days old. We just want you to know what you're getting into. So if you haven't seen the movie we were talking about, you might want to pause this and watch said film. This is your spoiler warning. Welcome back, passengers, to another edition of Pop Culture Elevator. That's right. And as always, season three in today's episode is brought to you by Precise Public Adjusting. If you're having trouble with a property loss claim and your insurance is giving you a little trouble, give them a call. They'll make sure that your insurance carrier treats you the way that they agreed to. Once again, it's Precise Public Adjusting at 817-992-5040. And make sure you let them know Pop Culture Elevator sent you. Yes. And I'd also like to say that today's episode is also sponsored by Arcade Belts. Y'all, I've been uh, using Arcade Belts since I lost weight. This thing is brilliant. At, at every stage of my weight loss, I've been able to use this and it keeps my belt tight. Uh, they've got an awesome buckle. They also make leather belts. Uh, I believe some Kevlar belts in there. Some really cool things. So go check out uh, arcadebelts.com and use the code ARCADEBELTS30 uh, in the discount code and get 30% off. It is awesome, y'all. You really should check it out. I Our, cannot wait to get mine. Yeah, I, I'm always looking forward to another nice belt it's good. i got one that has like uh, a forest going all the way around it it's really cool looking so i'm looking at the leather ones like yeah i need it that's not bad and those things will last a little while so um all right thank you arcade belts uh so y'all this episode is in our kevin smith series we did uh clerks when we did mall rats we had lance on lance we have on from the night nerd he's on right now with us lance if you'd like to say hello Wow. Yeah. So we're excited. Yeah, uh, I'm, thanks for having me. I love being on here. Oh, we Always love having fun. you. We're going to, if, if y'all don't know this already, we're going to be uh, on a panel on Saturday, the, is it 18th? Saturday the 18th of sure. September, yeah. I believe. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll be on a panel, all three of us, at uh, Fan Expo Dallas. So if you uh, are going to be up there, come out and listen to us. I believe we go on at uh, 2.45. Yeah, so, 245 in uh, the D Hall, I think. Very, I mean, I'm super excited. I mean, even, you know, it just, I'm, I'm just excited. Yeah, yeah me too. We're going to be talking all about like what you need to know if you want to get into podcasting um, and try and talk you out of it. But still, if you still want to do it, <laughs> give you all the, the cool 
points and tips and everything like that uh, to make it to make your journey as as fun as ours, really. Because I mean, I have fun doing this. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. Well, we're talking about Chasing Amy. So it's the third one in our Kevin Smith series. I'm super psyched because uh, it, it's it's a good one. And, um, you know, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep going after Chasing Amy. We'll go on to, what is it, Dogma after Chasing Amy. And yeah, we'll, we'll go. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to rewatch Dogma, though, because it's been a while. But um, anyway, Chasing Amy. Kevin Smith's third film. Uh, starring Ben Affleck, Jason Lee, and Joey Lauren Adams. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he dating Joey Lauren Adams at the time? Yes, the script is actually based on their dating experiences and stuff. Like how he felt, you know, here, here's Joey Lauren Adams, this beautiful, beautiful woman who's also in Biodome, uh, another great film. Yes. But I always have to plug Biodome. Uh, you know, and he, he he's just, in his, in his words, uh, you know, just like a fat lump. And he's like, you know, there's no way I'm going to be as cool as her or know all the cool things she does or has experience that she has. And so he wrote this with that in mind. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. So just a pretty personal film all around, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, uh, especially with that in mind, because for the longest time, I didn't realize it, it was based off of their romance. And I just thought um, at the very least that this is a very good like time piece of um, like a character study of, you know, a young adolescent man just trying to come to grips with his sexuality and trying to keep up with the Joneses, as it were. Um <laughs> with his prowess and i just i just especially as it regards the 90s uh because it's a totally different time right like is if you think about it this movie doesn't quite age so well if you think about it in regards to the pc crowd um but i still think it as a character study from the 90s and whatnot that this movie still holds up uh don't get me wrong uh, there are some things that could have been a little bit better but again it's like the still the beginning of uh kevin smith's career and all of these actors careers essentially Right. I think uh, uh, something to, to, well, first of all, let's, let's go, let's step back for a second. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Chasing Amy is about two comic book writers who uh, create these guys, Bluntman and Chronic. And for all of you out there, Bluntman and Chronic being the, um, being Silent Bob and Jay. And they uh, basically, uh, was it Holden McNeil? And Banky Edwards, our partners, Holden falls for a, a, a girl who is a lesbian and uh, kind of the journey through that, I'd say, the journey through their relationship and through Holden and Banky's uh, friendship and how all of that kind of ties together. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a character study in the in the basic you know, break it all down. It's a character study. That's what this movie is. I think this is this is the film because I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. You know, um, got the tattoo. I got Kevin Smith tattooed on me. Like he, he's awesome. This is the the starter film. I think even though it's the third in what was the trilogy, but now is just the Viewersk universe. Um, I, I think this is his most approachable film. But if you do know, you know, all the little nods to clerks and mall rats that are in it are, are wonderful, but you don't have to know those. Um, you know, when we talked about mall rats, it's not his best work. I still love it, 
but it's not. And then Clerks. Um, if you know Kevin Smith, it's a wonderful film, but it's I don't think it's as approachable as this one. And then as he after this, he just dove into the USQ rabbit hole. So you go to watch James Hunt Bob Strike Back, you're just like, I what is going on? You know, you, so I always lead with <clears throat> Chasing Amy is such a great, great film that uh I remember okay, so my buddy back when I was probably 13 years old, I want to say, uh, was like, I might've been younger than that. It's been, I can never remember years. It was junior high. And uh, my buddy goes, hey man, let's let's watch a movie. And he was really into indie films. And so he made me watch Clerks. And I was like, oh, this is, my first film was Clerks. Uh, and I remember going to the, the video store and seeing a poster up on the wall for Chasing Amy. And I knew that it says from the guy who made Clerks, because. Mallrats bombed and and basically almost cost him his career and then he comes out with chasing amy so he goes from making clerks which was an indie darling to Mallrats, which was a big bust and then you've got uh chasing amy which was a critical darling i think he got so many uh it just did really well critically wise yeah they said according to imdb so it's got to be true um (laughs) kevin well kevin smith said it on his podcast that they were one or two votes shy of being nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Jeez. Oh, that's awesome. And, and this movie is is so, uh, for its time, you got to think about, what is this, 97. Seven. So 97. You got to think about it in the way of like, we weren't watching a lot of movies and TV shows that dealt with uh, anything LGBTQ+. Right. You know, yeah, the homophobia was still the mainstream and all that exactly. stuff. Yeah. Or if they had a, a gay character on the show, they were minstrel. You know, they were hamming it up and yes, uh, you know the mm-hmm. right minstrels is the word for that. Like right? I, yeah, yes. I think you're right there. I'm, for a second, I thought I was like, uh, you know, the men, minstrel. Oh, I, I was like minstrel. A minstrel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I put the wrong process on the wrong bubble. Sorry. But yeah, you know, back then it was. Uh, if if somebody was gay in a show, you knew it. Like they were, and not in a loud and proud way. Like just in the the writers don't know what they're doing. And uh, but that's kind of what this movie is based on. Is when he first meets Amy, uh, he's or not Amy. Sorry, his Amy, uh, uh, Alyssa. He doesn't realize she's gay. And even like when they're in the at the bar, you know, which is such a it didn't age well, but it's still kind of funny when Jason Lee realizes, like, wait, we're in a gay bar, you know. And <laughs> yeah. I think that's something, you know, as much as, like y'all were saying, there there are things that wouldn't hold up now, um, like Alyssa being flip flop with her sexuality, like, oh well, maybe I do like him enough to be straight and stuff. But I, I think that aspect of, you know, somebody can be. Uh, gay or something and not, you know, be quote unquote normal, you know? And I think that was something cool about this movie that really helped push that, that message forward, which was awesome. Well, it's like growing up, like I watched uh, part of it this morning and growing up, I didn't think about some of the stuff he said in the way that he says it. But now that we're in a different kind of culture that we are in, like uh, he's they're sitting on the swing talking about the standard. Oh, because that's the standard, because that's the standard. That's 
that stuck out to me uh, in, yeah. in a rewatch. You know what I mean? Like as I'm older now and as we're in a different place in our time, it's like, okay, you know what? I never thought about it like that, but like calling it the standard, what is the standard who makes the standard? And I kind of like that conversation. She's like, you, you, what's your standard? Where is your standard coming from? I, I like that. I yeah. thought that was a great conversation for them to have. Plus it, it gave me the, you know, when I was younger, it gave me the cannon fodder to do the thing where she puts the hand through the hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well then also, how big can a tongue actually get? Oh, yeah. My God. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. Yeah. It, no, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily age well, but you also I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of watching movies, uh, yeah. knowing that they're from the time they're from. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, I think. Again, the character study of a young adolescent man thinking that he's going to change himself or her um, and make things work out is just something that maybe everyone goes through, not just guys, uh, females as well, just thinking that they're going to bootstrap their way uh, through each other's character and just kind of force this uh, romance uh, across the finish line, you know, be it marriage or just like being super long term. But um, you know, he comes to grips with the the fact, or really gets not didn't come to grips with it. He gets hit in the face with it, and he does the best that he can. But uh, the fact that, well, for one, it that part of her life had nothing to do with him, and in fact, the the point of him uh, not having those experience was actually a good a positive in her mind and yeah. and the fact that he wanted to take her back into that chapter of her life uh was insulting i i you know go ahead lance oh no i mean i was gonna pivot just a little bit uh we, you know we're talking about the things this movie has has done and stuff uh one of the reasons that i really like it is this is what this and Goodwill Hunting, you know, came up within just a few months of each other. And that was like the one, two of this Ben Affleck guy. You know, he'd been in school ties and disinfused, glory days, mall rats and stuff. But this movie was like, oh, but like I said, between this and Goodwill Hunting, it was like, oh, okay, this Ben Affleck guy, he's, uh, he's awesome. I mean, that then, so that was kind of cool. You know, not so much for Jory Lauren Adams. I think, I think going into the film, she was the most famous person in the film. Uh-huh. Um, and then Jason Lee, you know, Jason Lee's a, and I, I know we're going to get into it later on uh, a little deeper, but, you know, he was already a fairly famous skateboarder and then made a few Kevin Smith movies. And But even then, after this, is he'd had like uh, Stealing Harvard, uh, yeah. Heartbreakers, I think, came out after this. Uh-huh. So that's a movie nobody talks about. Heartbreakers. I love um, that movie. It's so funny. Uh, you know, so I think for the two male leads, it kind of opened some doors for them because it is, you know, such a good movie. And uh, yeah, I just, you're going to hear me say such a good movie so many times. Today. Yeah. Gene Hackman in Heartbreakers was absolutely hilarious. And I had never seen him play anything that funny before. And if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's hilarious. I'm sitting here looking at the IMDb for it on my phone and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot this was a movie. Like yeah, I remember Jennifer seeing Love it. Jason Lee, Sigourney Weaver. I remember yeah. seeing this. I just don't, it's not, it's not something that I, uh, 
that I've kept in my mind and now I need to go back and, and rewatch. Essentially, uh, these ladies are black widows and they mm-hmm. take advantage of their uh, old remember, and yeah. wealthy counterparts. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then they move on and do it again. Jason Lee was an in, is an interesting because uh, he, he wasn't you say famous he was famous for skateboarding right so right, yeah. and even then like a lot of people don't know skateboarding like if anybody knew anything about skateboarding it was Tony Hawk mm-hmm. right right so I he was Jason Lee was in the first Tony Hawk game though which would have been about I was at 96 so about the same time was he I, I don't quote me on that um, you can Wikipedia it up because I already Google it. Um, but yeah, you know, he's one of those, technically he's an athlete turned actor. And in that, in that paradigm, he's one of the better ones, I think. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, he, nobody's he, the raw. He only appeared <laughs> in Tony Hawk's project eight as a secret skater. Oh, that one killed the franchise. Yeah, well, I think <laughs> anything past four maybe killed the franchise. The you had the thug, the Tony Hawk's Underground one and two, where oh, it was yeah. like that was versus a... Bam. Yeah, and you had to do stupid stuff. Yeah, I'm a big Tony Hawk person. Like, I don't I skate, do. but I actually own two skateboard. Like, it, I'm I'm weird when it comes to skateboarding. But um, chasing Amy, so not only. <laughs> with um, Alyssa, but you also have Hooper, who you know, he's, it's weird like, in a casual viewing you're like, oh, he's that 90s gay character, like he checks the boxes and not only gay, but black, you know he's like, oh, especially when, but he's aware of what he's, you know like when they do the panel, he kicks over the table and everything Um, Black Rage! (laughs) Such a good, good scene, you know and I think a lot of people talking about chasing Amy don't talk about the Hooper and Alyssa dynamic. You know, it's always sure. about the big three. And um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think that's something that is overlooked, um, unfortunately, because it's like, oh yeah, Hooper's a gay guy because that's how gay people were portrayed. Uh, but you know, he knows what he's doing. He's setting people up. He's making his money in the comic world, and uh, you know, and he's a friend to all, all these people. Um, I wonder if it's one of those like there's some scenes on the cutting room floor somewhere uh, that made him really you know the fourth lead like actual flesh out his character a little more because he comes back in Dogma uh, in the strip club he runs a gang in the strip club which is super funny uh, oh yeah he's in you know James like he's in he, he came back in all of them so I always, uh, always kind of wondered about that like if there was more for Oprah because I feel like I wouldn't. I agree. I mean, these were, again, writers didn't quite know what they were doing. And I think that Hooper's character is a caricature of that. We're essentially, you know, we have this content rich subject, but nobody really willing to tackle it or who knew how, if they were willing. And so, uh, you know, and Alyssa and Hooper are both um, just trying to give the people what they want so that they can be a success in their field. So Hooper is uh, playing like the toxic uh, African-American rage character uh, when he's anything but. And he talks about how, you know, if, if, if people found out who he was, they wouldn't buy his comic. And um, Alyssa's the same way. Uh, you know, she talks about all of this, um, you know, I think, I believe it's like a cis 
white female comic content the uh, book that she writes and she's just happy to sell any comics you know if she sold two issues she'd feel like john grisham right and so but they just kind of put out the content that they know people will grab as opposed to putting out a lot of personal stuff which is again another another note of this movie where holden has to get away from just giving the people what they want to finally expressing something real and personal and I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if the the sad thing is, is that we're not going to see these out anytime soon uh, on another format, right? Because Kevin Smith doesn't own the rights to all of the movies because yeah. of Miramax owning Chasing Amy, Clerks, and, and Dogma. I think he got Clerks at one point, like it was a gift from Weinstein before Weinstein was. I mean, he was, I guess he was always a pig, but uh, before he got outed, I think yeah. Clerks was gifted <laughs> to Kevin Smith as like, hey, this is you, you have the rights to this. But I believe Dogma and Chasing Amy are still not his all the way. But I would love to see Chasing Amy as a uh, like a director's cut, you know, like another cut of it. Uh, well, on DVD, I have, I, mean, I have the Blu-ray, but also I have the Criterion Collection DVD of it. Uh, yeah, there's a few deleted scenes. I don't know. I need to dig that up and see what all. Yeah. Know, collections are pretty good. Uh, I guess that's true. Everything. Criterion is. Hey, Lance, did your. Uh, are you covering your mic or something? Yeah, your microphone went all tinny on us. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm sorry. It's all good. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just. It was weirdly went tinny. I, yeah. uh, passengers, I have to say that, uh, you know, Lance is on his phone. My internet is being a little wonky. So if we do uh, come off tinny a little bit or you hear us garbled for a second, I apologize for that. Um, it's a bumpy elevator ride. It is. Yeah. The, ele- the elevator is uh, re- undergoing maintenance. <laughs> Should have podcasted devil today. No, I'm just. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would like to. I, I would love. I would love to speak to Kevin Smith about these movies. You know what I mean? I'd love to sit and have him on the on the podcast as like a special episode to be like, "Hey, man, like talk to us about these movies. Where where are you coming from here and there?" And I'm sure he would do it. And there might probably be already interviews where he talks about this stuff. I mean, what he's got videos upon videos of him talking about all of this stuff. You can watch the the three or so evenings with Kevin Smith and probably get something out of there about this. And I'm sure people have asked Q and A's forever when he's at Comic-Con. Like I would, I wish he was going to be at Fan Expo because I'd love to try to get an interview with him, but. Oh yeah. Um, man is busy. Just finished filming clerks three and it's going to start mall rats too soon. Probably Tusk part two, you know? No, no, he's got to finish <laughs> moose, moose jaws before he does another <laughs> Canadian movie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I uh, I think this movie, again, is ahead of its time. Um, and I do think it's a very approachable movie for anyone to watch. And I do love just what they get into. The whole, it is weird because Mark hit on something, everything being politically correct these days and um, yeah. what you can and can't say. And maybe some movies might not get away with stuff, but like the whole conversation where they're talking about the injuries they've sustained when they've gone down on people, you know? And it's like, yeah, that was such a great scene, but I don't know how it would play out in today's audiences if you did that. It's like, 
Uh, I mean, going through your uh, past experiences, I don't think would be so bad. But um, like when they refer to each other, uh, even in passing in homophobic slurs, yeah, uh, those kinds of things um, or, or, you know, referring to them when they're not there in a homophobic slur. That's the kind of thing that I think that a lot of people would get. Uh, you know, up in arms about. Uh, but uh, as far as like uh, a cis white male and a LBGTQ character, a female character, uh, you know, talking about their experiences together, I, I honestly think that that's something that is for one, uh, you know, Kevin Smith is like one of the first movies that I know of that did that in, in my movie watching experience. Uh, so it was refreshing. And I think that it would be refreshing in this regard as well in this day and age it's just with all the homophobia you'd have to nix all that yeah you definitely would and there's a we won't get into it uh but you guys need to read i think variety or entertainment Weekly. one of those uh news magazines just did a real big interview with benedict cumberbatch about straight people playing gay roles right and uh, it's a good read. It's, 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 I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is awesome. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It, That's. It, 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 if we were doing a class, like, that would be. That would be your homework, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's for that movie he's doing, right? The Western? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That looks, yeah. Really, looks really good. Um, I agree 100%. Like, Chasing Amy is. Uh, to use a superhero reference because that's what I do. It's like X Men First Class. Like it's a great superhero movie, but it's also just a good movie. Chasing Amy is a great Kevin Smith movie, but it's just a good movie. And, yeah. Uh, it's one of those like I I don't know that I can be friend. Like if somebody doesn't like it, I don't think we could be friends. <laughs> it's a good thing we like it then. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, my wife does not like this movie like, really? at all. But I, I swear, and I like so. I, I think it's Joy Lauren Adams' voice that it just kills it for her. Um, and so I think that she just has a little bit of a uh, a little distaste for that, having to hear it the whole movie. But I'm like, come on, like imagine anybody else playing that role. And in my example was like, imagine Karen Gillan because uh, we love Doctor Who and. Uh, you know, her role in the, all the Marvel uh, flicks. And, and so I'm just like, imagine her playing the exact same role and, you know, take away the quote unquote, you know, annoying voice. And she, she had a moment. She's like, oh. <laughs> she's like, oh, and I'm like, all right, all right. Oh, cool. Cool. So uh, we're breaking the ice there. Uh, but also dinner next week at the, the con, but now I don't know. I mean... <laughs> no, she's great. And, but like uh, the, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, and also the fact that Holden McNeil is just such an idiot, uh, an idiot guy. But again, it's a character study of an idiot adolescent young man, right? So that's where I'm like, well, that's that's the con that's the content which they chose to display. So you're supposed to hate this character in the regard that he's an idiot, but you're you're also supposed to love him because he's you know he's trying to figure it out and he's just trying to keep all of his loved ones together. And it's not, you know, Banky's constantly throwing things at him that it's like a notch on his belt type of experience. Uh, but for Holden, it's was it never was, 
you know, he, he kind of got the spark and, and, you know, maybe at first, who knows, but um, once he hung out with her, he knew that they had a moment and that there was something there that he couldn't let go of. I, I think in his mind, he's trying to win an unwinnable situation. It's like, yeah. Joy Lord Adams is his Kobayashi Maru and, you know, he's trying everything he can knowing that he, you know, he, it's, I think by the end of it, like, he knows he's messed up and he knows that he's dumb when he makes that last ditch, like, uh, threesome pitch. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, I think he just, he knows he's in an unwinnable situation, but he's, he's going to go down in his mind fighting. And, and that's what your sympathy for the character change, you know, because the first time you're like, oh, hey, I hope he gets the girl and stuff. But then as it goes on, you're like, man, I just hope he pulls his head out of his butt. Like, yeah. he uh, realizes what he's doing, you know, and so you, you, you're still sympathizing, empathizing, you know, whatever, depending where you are in life and how you feel. But uh, I, I think that's also a cool thing that Kevin Smith did, that, you know, he managed to take the character and tell multiple stories at once, you know, about how it kind of guide us how to feel about him. And that, that was great. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I had to say, you know, again, like the idiot young guy is that, you know, uh, so he's telling Jay and Silent Bob, like, what's going on, and essentially that her experience dwarfs hers, and he doesn't know what to do, with it and that he can't handle it, and so he tells the Chasing Amy story, and uh, this idiot guy gets totally takes the wrong approach. It's like, wait, 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 this is exactly what I was trying to get you not to do. Uh, essentially chase her experience level and essentially Bob had said all his uh, Amy ever wanted was the Bob and the fact that he was inexperienced was not a negative in her eyes and but he since he didn't know how to deal with it and he felt insignificant because of it he screwed it up and essentially instead of holding McNeil embracing that he still has this opportunity to stay who he is authentic to himself He's like, you know what? No, I'm going to double down. We're going to have a crazy experience and literally like the fuse to, to this explosive situation. I don't have anything to add to that, except for the fact that I love that Lance used uh, Kobayashi Maru. As yeah. A, as a <laughs> I thought that was great. I was sitting there going, oh, yeah, he just referenced Star Trek. That was awesome. It's a good. Is it? It's a good little reference. I was going to be like, wait, Mark, do you know what Kobayashi Maru means? Yes, very <laughs> vaguely. I'm, but I'm not a hardcore Trekkie. I, I, I used to watch some, but I'm not a hardcore Trekkie. I was, I was going to try to mess with it, but no, I said not to go that <laughs> way because it was a good conversation we were just having. So, um, yeah. you know, I do want to bring this up. So the the Kevin Smith's uh, Silent Bob talk. I always, I, I, when I was watching these movies when I was younger, I lived for those things. When, when Silent yes. Bob speaks, I was always ready for that. I was ready for some wisdom to impart the clerk's wisdom, the mall rats wisdom, the, the uh, chasing Amy wisdom is one of my favorites. The whole story. I once used that monologue as a monologue uh, for when I was auditioning for a play. Ooh. So I do, I do absolutely love that monologue. Um, I did. I got a part. <laughs> so the monologue worked on some level. It did. It did. The second audition was uh, with the opening pages of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> nice. But um, anyway, 
I want to bring up the fact that I think as far as scenes, okay, let me, let me back up just a little bit. So this movie, I was telling Mark this earlier uh, while watching it a little bit. I feel like as far as acting goes with this movie, there's a little bit of wanting in the beginning. Like I'm like, ah, I could, I, I feel like it's scripted. Like I guess the way that it's written on the page feels a little bit not like, not supernatural. Um, not supernatural, but super natural. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, and I always, this movie always gets a pass for me on that just because I love what the movie's saying. And I, I just absolutely, this movie hit me when I was younger is just something kind of uh, mind blowing for my whatever year old mind, 13, 12 year old mind or whatever it was. I watched it and then it, I just stuck with me, but um, the acting was a little wanting in the beginning. I felt like it gets better towards the middle to the end. Yeah. Um, but as far as Kevin Smith's script, like it also feels like he wrote it in that natural progression. Like as he was writing it, he got more natural in his, things but um yeah that whole scene like for me like for all of kevin smith's cinematography everything that he's ever done the scene in the rain after the uh after the hockey game where they're he's telling her that he loves her and she's saying it's not fair and then she runs back to him and they kiss in the rain like that just whole thing camera reflection in the storefront (laughs) yeah Yep, early career mistakes there, and sure, and, and like you were, and I agree that was one of the most amazing, and that and that was one of the good things that he did was respect her enough to tell her how she felt, uh, he felt, and uh, to just lay it out there that he can't just be friends with her, and you know it might be upsetting, it might mean the end of this friendship, but I got to tell you, and um, I respect the hell out of that. Uh, it's just how he handled it downward. But I agree that the I and you see it in Clerks and Mallrats and in this movie as well. And he gets away from it. But it's that um, and I always refer to it as like Gilmore Girls type dialogue, just super rich, fast paced, content rich um dialogue that made you set a ton of stuff in one sentence uh, and used a whole bunch of vocabulary words that nobody would use in everyday conversation uh, that, that I feel like was, it was like, it was pushing us to be more educated, um, which is great, but it wasn't natural. And, but it was almost like, Oh, well, you're, you're not a good writer in this day and age. If your characters don't come off as super wise and super educated um to the audience and i think it was a just a, a pitfall of something that we all thought was really great but it's also like Ugh. but i wish no. you wouldn't call it gilmore girls i wish you would call it like aaron yeah. sorkin aaron sorkin style because that's really what it is <laughs> okay okay it's like i mean gilmore girls is to an extent copying aaron sorkin style yeah I, i'm gonna work on that terminology because I, I don't like that i call it that either all the time also, people are just going to think you watch Gilmore Girls all the time. Yeah, which I do not. But I guess I'll just call it Dawson Creek dialogue. Gilmore Girls. What? Nothing. I just Gilmore Girls. Nothing you know, wrong I've, with it. It's just exhausting. <laughs> I have no, I've never seen it. So I've never watched it. Watch like an I episode like or two. Like and Sean Gunn got started. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and wait, did you say Pad- you said Padalecki? Yeah. 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 Who was the other guy you said? Sean Gunn. Like. James, James Gunn's Sean Gunn? Is Sean yeah. Gunn in that? Yeah, he was, he was in a lot of them. Oh, I got uh, it. 
I guess I guess I gotta go yeah. back and I mean I've always actually wanted to watch it because I've got friends who swear by it, but uh, I don't know. It just it's just never one that always was like you got to do this. You got yeah. to do this. Um, but chasing Amy, you know. I, I feel like this is a, I want to say a career high. It's a, it's a career. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, benchmark at benchmark. least. Yeah. Like something that like it's, it's, it's at the time it was his career high and he gets better. I mean, I, I think uh, as far as like, well, I mean, I see your face Lance. You're like, does he get better? He raised the bar every time, right? And this was another, yeah. Oh, I get what you mean. As he went on. Yeah, yes, that's true. And in doing that, I think he made what Kevin Smith fans consider better movies. You're right. I mean, with the exception of Dogma, like Dogma's a phenomenal film, and I can't wait to talk about that. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, after Dogma, it's all, no, you have to watch all these other movies, otherwise you, you and so... You know, handling the way he handles the shared universe, the way he handles the dialogue, the way he does all of that is awesome and amazing. So it's like on one hand, yes, he did get better. Like I, I love Kevin Smith. If, he, if his name's on a movie, that's a comedy. I'm, I'm there. I don't do scary movies. But, but on the <laughs> other hand, I don't. I mean, he hasn't had the critical success since Chasing Amy. So it was a. I think it was his mainstream plateau, but like a, a pivot into his own personal fandom, if that makes sense. Yeah, he just kind of followed the fans as opposed to kind of, I mean, he. I think he tried to take a sidestep with like Jersey Girl to try and get back to uh, more like <laughs> serious content and all that stuff. And the fans were just like, wait, what, what are you doing, man? This is, you, you were right. You were doing gold and the stuff that we want to see. What is this? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> to each their own. I don't hate. I don't hate Jersey Girl at all. I actually think it's it's not bad. It's not his worst film. It's not Yoga Hosers. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I've seen Yoga Hosers, so I guess you got me there. You should it see Yoga Hosers. It's be a view askew film because it had George Carlin, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, oh. and had everybody in it. Oh my God! No, this is Jersey Girl. Oh no! Jersey oh, Girl. oh 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 oh! his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. Um, and Johnny Depp. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that was the problem with Jersey Girls. Since Kevin Smith had leaned into the viewersk universe, everybody expected Jersey Girl to be one of those films, and it was not. Um, so, uh, and, and I know that's exactly what I expected going into it. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I expected, like, a really cute uh, father-daughter relationship movie, but I also expected, like, Jay and Silent Bob show up and do some funny whack stuff like I don't know says the wrong thing in front of his daughter and one of them gets punched in the face I don't know like you know, or something like that but uh yeah exactly I was just like what this is not what I came here to see I I think I think uh Kevin Smith does a couple you know I you say that like maybe chasing Amy was a, like he hadn't have anything critically successful since then i would argue that red state was uh was looked at very like as a critical success but not to the level of amy not to the level of chasing amy you're right chasing amy was like award-winning indie yeah. festivals yeah like it compared to like james on the ball strike back which i love compared to tusk yeah red state was <laughs> a huge critical success but compared to chasing amy i I, I don't. 
I don't think it had the same. You know, I don't think his script for that was almost Academy Award nominated. Right. right. It was not as impactful at all. Well, and Kevin Smith is now making movies to Kevin Smith fans. I think you you, you guys pinpointed that pretty pretty correct. It's Kevin Smith is making movies that he thinks his fans will like and that he's just having fun with, you know? Uh, I appreciate that. I wish uh, all these Harley Quinn movies would do the same. <laughs> Not Harley Quinn Smith, but Harley Quinn, the character. Oh, but it's so, been so great to watch her grow up, hasn't it? Apparently, uh, her new show is really good, Cruel Summer. Oh, well. Yeah, my wife watched it and said it was it was good. She was when I went to the reboot show. Um, I was I went in Austin, and I think she was at the Dallas one. Yep, she was. Yeah, she was yeah, at the Dallas one. We. She was filming Cruel Summer. The. Uh, and, and so he was like, yeah, they're, they're filming a CW show, but I'm not going to tell you what it's called because I can't. And, and then she came out and talked to us and it was really cute to see him interact with Harley Quinn on stage. And uh, it was it was really nice. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I but yeah, I, I think this movie is 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 really good. Look at the 90s. Uh, the character study, the the things that they were thinking uh, and talking about. And um, in general, I just think Chasing Amy is one of his, it is definitely one of his better films as far as subject matter, as far as script, as far as uh, even cinematography goes. He was doing things that he doesn't do now. Yeah, like, uh, I guess another hallmark of a 90s or a movie would have, would be that intro, right? Where the, well, not the intro. It's where they go to the city. Uh-huh, uh, and they're walking around. Those, uh, yeah. And it, it's a, you know, all this, all these, this hustle bustle of the city. You don't see that anymore. No. So are we, are we getting close to final thoughts? Cause I have a final question. Before yeah, we go ahead, over. please go, go ahead. Okay. So, if this is too spoilery, well, no, you'll do a spoiler warning. Um, so we're fine. Spoil yeah, away. We're good. So I think when you look at Amy, um, arguably even more than Clark's, with the exception of Clark's introducing Jane Bob, but I think Amy is the most impactful long term because when we see Jane Bob strike back, you know, oh, that scene when the music plays, the uh, dun, 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 and hold the meal open the doors, like, look at these morose, my mm-hmm, right here. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and then the whole plot is that, you know, he sold his share to Banky and Banky sold it off to make a movie. And, and then fast forward to um, Jane Bob reboot. You know, again, it's all about the comic, but we find out that Holden actually was the donor for Alyssa's little girl who's named Amy. And if you don't tear up in that whole scene. Oh, I, my gosh. Yes. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with you. And I think uh, I, I feel like we all just agreed that Chasing Amy is Kevin Smith's best movie. Yeah. Um, so I think it's the most impactful to the view of universe. But as far as like impactful in the real world, I think that dogma 
takes the cake just because I never have seen so many Catholics in upheaval about Jesus Christ giving you a thumbs up and just like basically all the, the Catholic content there. But as far as the view of universe is involved, yeah, Chasing Amy takes the cake because there are just layers upon layers. And actually, my wife had a little uh, and I had a little uh, debate about this as well, because, I, yeah, it was like, oh, look, like, and you know, eventually you find out that he's the donor for their kid. And it's like, look, even after all of this baloney that they went through uh, of figuring themselves out uh, and where they fit into each other's lives, they still were able to come away friends and loving each other, but just knowing that that is not the capacity that they're going to be in each other's lives. Um, But they complement each other so well as amazing friends that are, they both, uh, they both uh, created one of the most personal stories of their lives together. And that led to his amazing book and who knows what kind of story it led to for her. I think she does come up with something that she mentions. That's it. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's it. Uh, And that was, yeah, again, in, um, was that a reboot? That's uh, a, that is reboot. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, again, yeah. Like as far as the views, universe is concerned. Yeah. Chasing Amy is probably the most, I would say it's the center of the views universe. Well, I mean, dogma's views universe as well. What yeah, but as, as far as like, you know, all the references like sure. and, and and character interactions leading to something that you're going to see super later okay. uh, or anywhere. Yeah, that, that's I just mean as far as like uh, crowd reactions. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, dogma pissed people off. Well, dogma pissed the Catholic coalition. Yeah, I, my, my buddy Christ is right here on the shelf. It's all sun bleached and everything from being in my truck dashboard for many, many years. But, oh, my gosh, my parents didn't even like that I had it. Um, they they thought that I, they thought the same thing. You know, they read and heard what they were supposed to think about buddy Christ. Uh, and uh, they didn't like that I had it. And I'm just like, wait a minute. This is like the most impactful religious figure on earth uh arguably uh in the, at least in the western world and um you're upset that that guy is like hey no i got you buddy yeah yeah exactly i'm supposed to always see him hanging on a cross and you know in filling me, me with all of this catholic guilt and and i'm only supposed to hear that i'm a uh, an insufferable human being that's not worthy uh you know of uh the promises of Christ, regardless of how well I live my life and all that stuff. Like, it's just exhausting. So getting one thumbs up and a smile from the guy, I don't think is that bad. He's not supposed to give you the heavy jeebies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pass- oh, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. Passengers, oh, yeah. you're getting a sneak peek into the into the dogma episode <laughs> that'll happen a little bit later. You're doing your sign of the cross before you listen, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, final thoughts. Let's get into the final thoughts. I am going to go. I'll go ahead and go first. I really like this movie. I, I, I have a love for it that will continue to grow. I'm sure. I need to. I need to have my wife watch it one of these days when we get a chance to sit down and watch movies together. And uh, I, you know, there's not. A, there's not. It's just a really nice movie to me. Like it, f- it makes me feel good. Uh, it opened my eyes when I was young, and um, I think it really gave me a love for Kevin Smith that I still have today. So, 
You want to go ahead? Um, sure. So I think when you look at the Viewskew uh, trilogy, like, you know, which one it was going to be with between Clerks, Mulrats, and here, um, there are three different styles of film. You know, the Clerks is like literally Dante's journey to, to Hades and stuff. And then Mulrats is your funny teen comedy. And this is... This is Kevin Smith's grown-up movie, you know. Uh, even including, I'm, even including all his horror stuff, you know, that was maybe more quote-unquote mature. But as far as gore and violence and stuff, um, but I think this is his his most emotionally mature movie, mm-hmm. which is weird to say when you talk about Kevin Smith, you know, say emotionally mature. Uh, but there's still plenty of fart jokes in there and stuff. But I. This movie is, yeah, definitely my favorite Kevin Smith film. Um, it's in my top 25 movies of all time, for sure. Where exactly it is on that list? Uh, the, I, is it top 10? I don't... I, I can't say it's not, but I can't say it is either. Uh, it's... Yeah, it was one of those where it was like, okay, Kevin Smith can actually tell more than... He's more than a one-hit wonder, which everyone after all writes. Um, which, go back and listen to that episode. That one was a lot of fun. You know, a lot of people were worried that he was a one-hit wonder. But this... I think this movie... Semen in his pop culture legacy... Um, and, and just like it did, we know with Ben Affleck and Jason Lee, and it's a comic book movie, which is awesome. Uh, you know, it's an industry comic book movie, which we don't see. And this was an age before even. So um, this movie was very forward, not just in the, the, you know, but as far as all the representation, it was so far ahead of its time. Um, that doesn't mean, like I said, that everything aged well. Here we are, 20, oh, we're coming up on the 25th anniversary of it. Wow. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. It's great. I have to agree, man. It's absolutely uh, one of his best movies. Uh, it might be tied up there with Dogma for me. Uh, but I, man, I, oh. You know what? I, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I think this is probably one of It's probably my favorite Kevin Smith movie as far if you grade it um, as far as well-rounded awesomeness. Um, yeah, definitely his his best movie. Um, it's a must-see for me. If you're, if you're going to watch any of them, to make sure you watch Chasing Amy. I, I don't think that your opinion of Kevin Smith will be complete without it if you don't like uh, Kevin Smith and you haven't seen that. I think that your uh, any argument you would have would be incomplete. Uh, so you go watch it. I love this movie uh, for, for all the reasons you guys stated, but also because it reminds me of a couple of relationships I had in the past. And, uh, and it really helped me connect with how much of a, a chucklehead I was back in the day and how stubborn headed I was or just uh, just how much I needed to still grow. And, and especially like looking back hindsight being 2020, you know how well I handled some things for being such a young idiot. So, uh, you know, anyways, I have to say that I love this movie and I, I don't think that the Viewsk universe would be complete without it. Uh, 
Passengers, you have heard it here first. Mark is now a chucklehead. <laughs> was, was. <laughs> Freaking clown shoes. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. So now we're on to uh, the new portion of our show, the uh, always dragged never. And yes. our three our three actors are Ben Affleck, Jason Lee, and Joey Lauren Adams. So uh, at this point, we're going to go around and say who we'd always see, never see, and drag to see. And it, I don't know if this is too hard for me, but... We're seeing the movies. If we, ha- if we can put the asterisks on it, because, I mean, obviously... <laughs> If you never see one of their movies, then you're not going to see any of the Kevin Smith movies. Right. So did we figure out that Kevin Smith movies were exempt from this? Or, or what did y'all decide on that rule? Well, we can, we can keep Kevin Smith movies exempt from this. Okay. All right. All right. That, that, that makes it impossible to answer this question. Well, Lance, <laughs> being our guest, we'll let you go first. We're going to like retcon this episode because of our <laughs> answer. Yeah. Uh, well, so the all we see no-brainer. Anybody who knows me, who's listened to my show, it, it's been. Uh, I love Ben Affleck. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go see Ben Affleck because he's amazing and wonderful uh, as writer, director, producer, actor. He can do almost no wrong in my eyes. Um, but that, that's a talk for another day. Like In my studio, when I have my studio, uh, passengers, I recently moved and I am without internet for a month now. So the fact that I'm alive is, is insane. But in my studio, I have an autographed Ben Affleck picture from Daredevil hanging up. So that, that tells you how loyal of a Affleck fan, a fan. I don't know what, what we call ourselves. Well, I mean, I, passengers, you have to know that, uh, Lance's back is tattooed. The same dragon tattoo as Ben Affleck. That's how much he loves him. <laughs> and I have a little version of it over my heart too. Like I had to double down to to get it. <laughs> but my my drag two is Joey Lauren Adams, uh, and like I said, that's hundred percent because of Biodome. Because I can't imagine my life without Biodome. Oh, yeah. uh, so in in Daisy Confused is good. You know she has some other good roles. And then my never, and hopefully this isn't cheating, is Jason. Because uh, Jason, some other shows than say like Stealing Harvard. Um, <laughs> even though I would hate to lose Heartbreakers, right? I, that's that's what it comes comes down to. Is so always been drug to Joey. Sorry, Jason. Oh. I'll play to like eight and and see you there. Oh, man. Mark, you want to go or you want me to go? I guess I'll go, but I'm so torn. Uh, I I think it goes without saying Ben Affleck is an always. I mean, he's a powerhouse actor. Uh, you were excluding the Kevin Smith uh, movies from this rule. But again, I couldn't do without those movies. I mean, I guess if we answered any of these, they would be out. Right. But um but especially like now with the Zack Snyder Batman, I really can't do without uh ben affleck uh i see that also armageddon is hilarious uh his character is not the most hilarious but that movie is great um mark just has a fetish for animal crackers going across women's stomachs 
<laughs> You're not wrong. No, <laughs> I do like animal crackers though. Uh, yeah, or anyways, unfrosted? Uh, unfrosted. Both. <laughs> both. Can you choose? They're both good. Uh, OG for me, man. Um, and again, yeah, the, the the tough part is going to be the drag too, and never portion for me. And what really uh, tears me up is the movie Almost Famous and mm. Vanilla Sky for Jason Lee. That I'm just like, oh, like, man, could I really live without Almost Famous? And you know, Stealing Harvard was hilarious. Uh, and it's like one of the few movies that uh, Tom Green did uh, that I could see him in, and he's just like hilarious. But oh, hold on, I'm just doing a oh, yeah, an enemy of the state. Um, one more time, right? But man, okay, so now I'm looking at at this, and I might have to agree with you that Joey Lauren Adams is gonna get my drag to, uh, because also another movie I would not want to live without is Coneheads, and despite her small role in it uh i would never want to be without coneheads um and biodome of course uh let's see oh and big daddy i i would love to see big daddy a whole bunch of times let's see almost famous was a tough one to to say goodbye to Uh, i'll i'll agree with you on that yeah but but you're right there uh the the movies I'm going to watch more often, I mean, with the exception of Almost Famous, like, because I, I can watch that anytime, um, I'm probably going to watch more of Joey Lauren Adams' movies, unfortunately, because I I think that Jason Lee is, I, unfortunately, I think he puts out better content, but it's, but the track record, man, like, there's some, just some things that Joey Lauren, Joey Lauren Adams has made classic, so... There you have it. Then never Jason Lee. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit different from y'all. So Ben Affleck is a must see. Always Ben Affleck's must see. He solidified that long ago, but if he didn't solidify that long ago, he solidified it with the Snyder trilogy. Um, Well, I guess the two movies he was in for Snyder. Uh, But I mean, come on, Ben Affleck, uh, the accountant is one of the bomb panels. Oh, he was the bomb and fan. <laughs> um, I can't believe none of us yelled that during. The, I've been uh, waiting. I've been waiting. I, 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 when I was talking about Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, I, I almost said, but I was like, man, I, you just you can't quote that scene at all on a PG podcast. Like you, you can't. It'd be like, hi. The, the only quote is, so that gives us eight days, three by my count, but close. Right. My bad. That's, that's literally the only time you can quote. Because when they talk to the internet and stuff. Uh, do you see they're doing accountant too, speaking of? Dude, I did. I'm so excited. What? So excited. <gasps> the accountant was amazing. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Ben Affleck films. But, okay, that's let me keep good. going. So Ben Affleck is my must-see always. I'm dragged to Jason Lee, man. I can't take uh, – I, I watch Almost Famous at least once a year. One of my all-time favorite films. I've got the soundtrack on vinyl. I – uh, just bought the 4K Steelbook edition. I love Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've owned the DVD. I've owned the the Blu-ray. I've owned the the 4K now. So uh, I can't live without that movie. But also, um, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to just look up any Jason Lee right now, but there's some other Jason Lee films that I really like, uh, barring uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. No way. That was stupid. <laughs> I do also like My Name is Earl. I thought that show was very fun. Um, <laughs> Jason Lee's like getting put in the never category just because of Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> is Jason Lee is Jason Lee in Extract as well? Am I remembering that right? Maybe, so. maybe he's not. Anyway. No, that's... um the. Uh, I just blanked on his name from uh, Arrested Development. Bateman. Jason Bateman. Yeah. Bateman. But yeah. I was thinking, for some reason, I see him in that, but I just, I'm remembering Ben Affleck being in it because he was the pothead. Only, he was if, the you, bar- yeah. only if you smoke a little. <laughs> um, and then my never is Joey Lauren Adams. Uh, sorry for those of you out there who love Joey Lauren Adams. I don't watch a lot of her movies. I did like Big Daddy and... Um, uh, of course, dazed and confused. I love that's hard. It is hard. It's hard. It's a toss up, but I'm going Jason Lee for the sake of argument, for the sake of almost famous. Almost famous is one of my favorite all time movies. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. hard to to take that away. So anyway, basically, what it comes down to is Biodome versus Almost Famous. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, Biodome, you, and that's that's hard because I absolutely love Biodome. Absolutely yeah, I love Biodome. Famous, but yeah. but uh, you know what? The good thing is is that we don't have to abide by this. Right. That's true. Like, could you imagine if it's like, sorry, we we said it on the podcast. If I can't keep watching that, that's like you made a promise. Ten lashings. Yeah, <laughs> you made a promise. You're never going to be on podcast. You're never going to be on the podcast again if you don't adhere to it. Oh, I'm man, watching but, the Jason Lee movie tonight. Right. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, you know, Ben Affleck, man. I mean, like you were Daredevil. I agree that director's cut was liked it but i really love paycheck i feel like it was ahead of its time but a lot of people did not like that movie do you know what's ahead of its time what's that our sponsor oh all right passengers we're back with the birthday and the news so uh september 5th we have the man the myth the legend michael keaton Oh, yeah. The Batman. The myth. Most the known for multiplicity. No. <laughs> Dude, I was just talking about multiplicity last night. Like, we yeah. were playing the Blockbuster game, which if you've never played the Blockbuster game, uh, invest in it. It's worth every penny. It's amazing. Mark, Mark bought it for had, me for my birthday. Yeah. Or Christmas? We had, I don't remember. Head to head, and it was like, movies that started with him. I was like, multiplicity. i love that movie movie. but i mean i'm so excited for michael keaton's return as batman in the flash movie Mm -hmm. oh totally Uh, i'm so excited for that now give me him and ben yes but now give me like an like an alternate universe like old man michael keaton teaching terry mcginnis to be batman Mm -hmm. for a batman beyond film would be so amazing Yes. But I would also be okay if they didn't go that route and they gave it to, like, seriously, they gave it to uh, Kevin Conroy to live action play it. He has live action played old Batman. He has. He has. And I thought he did a great job. Until he was evil. Yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> and we can't forget about Beetlejuice, right? Oh, and, and it just came out the other day that Michael Keaton was like, I had a hand in creating that outfit. No way. Nice. Dude is 70 years old. You wouldn't even guess it. Would never. So so my random uh Michael Keaton pick, even more so than multiplicity. I mean, because I mean multiplicity, I feel like is a, a major Michael Keaton, but the other guys when he's quoting TLC songs the whole time. Yeah. That, that was great. That's my <laughs> random. I Michael forgot Keaton about pick. that. 
I guess I need, I haven't watched the movie yet. I need to. <laughs> I forgot about he's that. The of belief, and all he does is quote, like, he's like, guys, y'all don't need to be chasing waterfalls. Stick yeah. to the rivers and banks that you're used to. That's and Will Ferrell, uh, you know what you're doing, right? He's like, I don't know. And then he, but he's the chief of police, but he has a part-time job at Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. And he quotes TLC. Like, yeah, it's great. Oh, man. I totally oh, my gosh. I have that seen role. that movie. I, I totally was going to say, forgot. we saw that together at least once. I totally forgot that he was in that movie. I I, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Um, After Michael Keaton, and we all know he's a brilliant actor, we've got September 6th, another brilliant actor, Idris Elba. Yes. Who finally is getting more and more work stateside. You know, he has so many great BBC shows and stuff, but uh, it's so good to see him. You know, I mean, The Suicide Squad just came out, and it, I, I mean, I listened to y'all show about it, so I know we're not going to dive into it and talk a whole lot about it, but yeah. We will start helped. yelling at each other. <laughs> we will start yelling at each other, and we'll bring up past grievances, and we'll start crying. <laughs> Speaking of uh, things from the past that get you uh, emotional, September 7th birthday, Shannon Elizabeth, who American Pie and Nadia, you know, talk about a movie you can make today. But uh, all of us, I mean, I know I'm a little bit older than you guys, but all of us in our age group, like when American Pie came out and she's done some Kevin Smith films, too. So it's a perfect. And 13 Ghosts. Oh, 13 Ghosts. That's like one of my favorite horror movies, dude. Like. Seriously, I, I when I bought that, I went through every single special feature story of with about all the ghosts. I mean, the jackal takes the cake, obviously, but holy guacamole! That movie I was, is pretty choice. I was so into it that I bought the black and white old version movie that came with the glasses that you could only see the ghosts when you put the glasses on. Nice. Oh, nice. I, mean, I, I love that movie, but yeah, Shannon is man. I want to say Shannon Elizabeth uh, also dated a Texan native, uh, one of the guys from Bowling for Soup. Oh, not not Jarrett, was it? Not Jarrett. I think it was the other guy. Uh, Garrett, I believe, actually is his name. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a uh, Letterkenny reference right there. <laughs> I know those guys. They're, they're good guys. You know, she dated in, in James on the Bob Strike Back. The guy who brings Chris Rock his coffee, that was her husband at the time. Oh, no oh. way. Shakalika King. Like, that was her. Hey, pretty buddy. And she's also doing some great uh, wildlife refuge work right now. She has this elephant uh, foundation. I think it's elephants. And uh, yeah, she's doing a lot of cool stuff with that. That's awesome. That is awesome. I, just I didn't even know that. Jack and Luther King's Let's see. He slaps that copy right out of his head. <laughs> September. Look at boogers in there. <laughs> boogers. Booger flavor. Taste the booger, booger, free, flavor. booger free. Booger, booger free. free. I promise. Oh, that's uh, Jamie Kennedy, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, no, okay, no, no, that's not her husband. I lied. It's the 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 heavier bearded guy in that scene who. Uh, with the who, first guy, like that's he's uh, with the longer hair. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So you're like, wow, good job, dude. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. This makes us all feel like we're going to get Shannon Elizabeth. 
Yeah. Right. There is still hope. There's still hope. <laughs> You're seeing I mean, a chance. I mean, Danielle doesn't like chasing Amy, so. <laughs> Just kidding, Danielle. I love you. <laughs> I would totally invite you to dinner if you were with Shannon and Elizabeth. I'm just saying. I would be at your house all the time. I, I, I would, I would uh, be at your. I would call you and be like, "Hey, where's the webcam?" Speaking, speaking Sorry, my of other guys, broken. It's not playing my favorite lap dance tune. <laughs> you, you'd be liking the other guys where Mark Wahlberg's like, "If you die, yes, just let me know as soon as you die." Oh, take care of her. <laughs> Now we've got to do an other guys episode. I feel like, like oh we've, my gosh. we've more than we should reference the other guys. Yeah. I'm going to, oh, yeah. I'm going to jump to the next one. September 8th. Yeah. We have, uh, Martin Freeman. Another great, uh, import. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Like yeah, just referenced, right uh, he's my, guide for he's my Arthur Dent. He's my yeah. Arthur Dent. I love Hitchhiker's guide. Yep. I just actually read the book uh, that Neil Gaiman wrote about Douglas Adams in the Hitchhiker's Guide. Uh, and I love it. Someone, the uh, one point Neil Gaiman wrote, like, you know, if everyone is talking about how the movie version isn't the book, well, the book version isn't the original. You know, it was originally a, a broadcast over the radio. It was a radio yeah. play. So it's interesting. And I was like, man, that makes me like the movie even more because every iteration has been yeah. different. Mm-hmm. And Sam Rockwell's in that movie, but yeah. Uh, oh, Martin, yeah. Uh, you know, I enjoyed Hitchhiker's Guide, but I didn't love Martin Freeman until Sherlock. Holy you know, and- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Rockwell was the the goat, was my takeaway from oh, it's fantastic. Hitchhiker's Guide. Fantastic. Like, oh, yeah. But yes, yeah, Martin Freeman's awesome. I agree and with then you. And there's that. like Hot Fuzz and The World End. But Sherlock uh, was, was Sherlock was Martin Freeman's like breakout role yeah Yeah. i I do agree with you that that show was amazing and he's you know was in the original office yeah have you ever watched the original office yeah i love it but man it is is so awkward in the best ways possible (laughs) yeah love it everybody's woken up to the butt crack of dawn God, I love that show. Martin Freeman, man. And then, of course, Martin Freeman's in the MCU, which is awesome. Yeah. Black Panther. Yeah, they showed a a thing from Black Panther 2. Somebody snapped a photo of him on set. And I was like, oh, yeah. I I mean, off mic, I'll have my Martin Freeman MCU rant. Um, I won't take up any more time of the show, but (laughs) there's definitely a rant to be had there. Okay. I look forward to hearing that. Nice. Um. After Martin Freeman, we have something that Mark already brought up. September 9th, we have Adam Sandler from Big Daddy fame, as well as all the other Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, <laughs> hit or miss person. Like oh. his, there's no mid mid ground. I, in my opinion, there's not a mid ground Adam Sandler movie. Either it's hilarious and it's awesome, or it's just utter garbage. Jack and Jill. So, what do you say about Spanglish? I so I have this thing about Drew Barrymore, uh, so I don't really watch her movies. Was Spanglish Drew Barrymore? Spang- no, no, it was uh, Spanglish was Alex Vega, right? Ale- Alexa Vega. Alexa Vega, yeah. What's it? okay? I, what movie am I? Oh, Fifty First Dates. You're thinking about Wedding well, Singer, what and yeah, all of those other ones. Um, you don't like those? I just I don't like Drew Barrymore. I don't know oh. why. I know she. So you didn't watch ET? I mean, I yes, I watched ET. <laughs> just but. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you didn't Spangle. like Firestarter? <laughs> right. What about Charlie's Angel, man? Scream. <laughs> oh, well, you should have loved that because she like yeah, dies in right. the first five minutes. I I <laughs> Brutally. I don't dislike her in that way. You know, oh, okay. Not, <laughs> not like playing what's his face. Um, I just blanked on his name. The guy who the first one to die in the Suicide Squad. I like stood up and cheered at my house. I was like, yes. Weasel? It, no. Oh. No. no. Uh, it's it's the comedian from SNL. Yeah. Oh, oh, because uh, uh, you said SNL. I don't have it anymore, but it's Chad. Chad from SNL. Yeah. Um, God. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we can move Peter, on. Peter okay. Peter, what did you say? Yeah. Peter, in his name, like Peter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Yep. Davidson. Yeah. Yes. We got there. We got What was there. his character? Oh, gosh. But either way, Black I'm so guard. glad. He's Blackguard. Man, I'm so glad to. Like, I think that he's the kind of funny that he's like. I just want my character to die, and his face literally explodes. Oh my god, Adam Sandler! <laughs> We're back to back to Adam Sandler. Yeah, back. Yeah, bring it bring it back to Adam. I think that he's done some good movies, but yeah, they're very hit or miss. Yeah, his serious movies are surprisingly good, like The Cobbler, um, the the what was the 9/11 one. That he did with Don Cheadle. Oh yeah, Rain on Me, right? Uh, Rain over me, dude. That movie is amazing. I've never seen it. I guess I gotta watch that. Yeah, Punch Drunk Love's good, and Punch then Drunk the, Love's my favorite. Yeah. The the Judd Apatow one, not Fifty Fifty. Um, I mean, it's still kind of a comedy, oh, but it's funny people. Of, funny yeah. people. Yeah. Funny people's fantastic, but I and, also um, go with Click. Diamond. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say. Click the, makes the me diamond cry. movie that he just had that he uncut like, gems. Yep, uncut gems. Yeah, That's he only got for an Academy Award for it. He should have. Should've like won. I don't understand should've, how should've he won. didn't get that. Yeah, he said in an interview because you know he didn't get nominated and J Lo didn't get nominated, even though they got. And he he straight up said he's like, the Academy doesn't nominate people like me. He's like they don't consider me a serious actor. He's like I would never. I mean, of course. And then he's like, it's cool because now the same man doesn't have to wear those fancy suits anymore. <laughs> Dude, honestly we just got to come up with our own system because that way it's unbiased with like buy-offs and gifts and all that stuff we just need to have our own and even if it's not a red carpet event we just have like we just show like a powerpoint presentation of who we really think should have won that year so the right. pop culture awards we'll do the pop culture Dude. elevator awards so in uh, anyway so down Showing my age, I had his CDs. His CDs were great. Oh, I had yes. CDs. They're all gonna laugh at you. Shell, <laughs> oh, <yeah>, baby. <laughs> hey goat. Hey goat. I bet you got really hairy balls. <laughs> That's Conan O'Brien. Did you know that? Huh? That's Conan O'Brien in that is, skit. Is that really? Yeah. I did not know that. I guess I got a SNL at that time. I really got. I love that album. It's been so long since I've listened. Okay, I'm gonna move on. September 10th, <laughs> we have Ryan Felipe. Cruel Intentions. God's oh. always where my mind goes is Cruel Intentions because he that movie was so good to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's still iconic. But it's funny uh, because I thought he would be a bigger star and yeah, didn't go bigger. Yeah. I thought, well, he, uh, so Antitrust is a great movie nobody ever talks about. That is um, a good movie. And that he's in. That. Yeah, you um, did. It's, it, it's always like 2001. It's like internet is happening. And computers are a thing. And um, it had, oh, who's the, the bad guy? The Bill Gates bad guy. 
in that. God, it's been so long um, since I've watched it, but I remember loving it. Yeah. But then I think he kind of, he's one of those kind of Rick Moranis where he's like, you know, I have a kid. I'm going to kind of be a dad and do do cameos here and there. But then he did the Shooter TV series on USA. Um, I never watched it. But yeah, I think he was kind of one of those family man type guys, which yeah. I, I 100% respect. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, he was one of those teen heartthrobs and he did a few things and then kind of disappeared, which is fine. He married what Reese Witherspoon, right? For yeah, I think they're divorced now. They but are they yeah. have a couple of kids together and stuff. That's that's good. I'm glad that I'm glad that you know that he's still around doing stuff, but that he was able to stick around for his kids for a while. That's I think that's important. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then September eleventh, we have uh Luda. Luda Luda. Luda. There was a I mean, bunch of it's Fast and Furious. Yeah. yeah. See, I know you guys are fast and furious. Um because uh, yeah, y'all came on my show to talk about it because I don't know anything about the Fast and Furious. So when I think of Ludacris, I mean obviously his album and his career there, which um I have some of his songs on a playlist. I have a like a 36 hour playlist on Spotify. It's insane. But there are one of the songs <laughs> I was I was listening to and he, he talks about the more you drink, the easier the the fight or something. Basically, he's like talking about, and it's one of his big, big songs, but it was like, yeah, I'm at the club and I'm going to get you drunk so that way you don't fight me later. <laughs> and it's easier to do my thing. I was like, ooh, we we don't, Luda? Come on, man. Ooh, uh, yeah. <laughs> give it away the playbook, man. Yeah. <laughs> but in, uh, in acting, I always think of Crash because. I know I crashed and not deserve Academy Award for Best Picture, but it's still a good movie. Uh, I don't hate. I, I mean, I think a lot of people hate it because it didn't deserve the award. But I, I think it. I mean, Brendan Fraser, who is amazing. I mean, I, that's where I go to when I think of ludicrous in movies. But really, all he's done is Crash and then Fast and Furious. Pretty much. I mean, I know he's done some other stuff in there, but he's been in a lot of stuff. But I have not seen it. It looks like yeah. he's he's always like a bit part in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, happy birthday to our celebrities. Uh, hold up. And I got to just oh. give props to Luda for my favorite song of his, Blueberry Yum Yum off of Red Light District. Love it. Thank you so much. That's my song. I feel like nobody ever talks about it or knows it when I talk about it, but I just got to put it out there in the world so people listen to it. We got serenaded with it off mic earlier. It's, yeah, um, you did. It's, true. it's, a song. <laughs> it's definitely a song. I didn't but know Yeah, happy, happy birthday to our celebrities. Without you, we would not be able to do what we do. So thank you. You threw off my groove. Sorry, man. It's all good. Um, so we'll start off with some sad news. Uh, Michael oh. K. Williams of The Wire has passed away. Uh, on uh, 9-6-2021, uh, 54 years of age. And not just The Wire, he was, um, oh, what was that? Wasn't he the voice in Up, right? No, no, you're thinking of uh, Ed Asner, who also passed away. Oh, no. Yeah, okay, that, that one hit me on hard. Wait, wait passed. he passed away? Yeah. Uh, oh, no. As of this recording, it was like two or three days ago. It uh, uh, Asner's, yes, but Michael yeah. uh, Michael K. Williams was t- was today as of this recording. Yeah, Boardwalk uh, yeah. Empire. That was the other one he was he was in. Yeah, I love that show. Oh. Yeah, also Twelve, 12 Years a Slave. Gone, baby, gone. Uh, Lovecraft Country, Lovecraft Country. He's the he's the dad. 
Oh my god. Sorry, I'm just like I'm like in shock right now. I can't believe he's dead. Uh I mean he's 54. He's so young. Oh, Super young. We don't we still don't know what happened, but yeah. Uh, I guess that, go ahead. Another thing about him, like um I follow a lot of comic book writers. Apparently he like hung out at the Marvel offices. Apparently he was like a huge comic fan. So you know, we might have gotten him, you know, in a movie at some point. It's, it's sad. Move your phone a little bit because when you moved it, you went tinny and then you went back to what? Like, I don't know. For some reason, it's like tinny again. You were perfect. Probably reception right there. Might be. It's okay. It's okay. But yes, I would have loved it. I thought, I, I think I had read something that he was wanting to be in the Blade reboot. Which is amazing. Oh, it's not? The director came out and he's like, you know, we have to acknowledge what Wesley Snipes did and we have to acknowledge those movies. So now everybody's like, oh, so yep. what are you doing? Yeah, he did. I did see that uh, that they're not going to be bogged down by comic book continuity is what he said. Yeah. So um, but rest in peace, Michael K. Williams, uh, your your death will be, you know, we will miss you. You were a great actor. Um, but also, let's bring up Ed Asner. We didn't talk about Ed Asner, but Ed Asner passed away. Uh, I believe he was 91. Yeah. Wow. 91. Nah, but, I mean, such iconic. I mean, going back to Lou Grant, you know, the Mary Tyler Moore show and yep. the Lou Grant show, and then voicing, you know, Granny Goodness on Superman, the animated series. And um, was it Falcone? He, he voiced somebody on the Batman animated series. You know, he's just... Yeah, that, that one hurt me a little bit. You know, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, well, definitely. And then, you know, like Up. Up was fantastic. He got, he did, the last thing he did was voice, uh, was voice uh, Carl in the TV series, uh, Doug Days. And he was Santa and Elf. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, but yes, rest in peace to Ed Asner as well. Happy news. You got, you got any happy news for me today? Yeah, I do. I do. Shang-Chi sets new Labor Day box office record with $90 million opening. Ah. I did my part. I saw it. I saw it today. Yeah, it's on the docket. So looks good. Like, looks like Mark's got to see it now. Maybe that'll be uh, next week's uh, podcast. Yeah. I'm ex- I, I guys go see Shang-Chi. Passengers go see Shang-Chi. Add more money to it. it was, <laughs> now that I have to listen to the next episode. <laughs> go see Shang-Chi. Uh, if you don't go see it by next week, Danny and I will do the next episode. No. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Yeah. No, I'm to see without Mark. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> after Mark, an after Mark episode. <laughs> yeah. And then AM time. Uh, and then I guess the last bit of news we have is uh, is also good news. Good news for Mark. Um, yes. Venom Let There Be Carnage is now releasing October 1st. Yes. Uh, and did we talk about this last week or not? Yeah, we did we... because we had heard the, the rumors and, uh, you know, shame on you guys for putting this one out there. But that the rumor was that it was getting pushed back a year. Now, here's here's not a rumor. Is, and this kind of makes me a little bit sad is the fact that uh, it is now definitely 100% a PG-13 film and not that R that we want. That is seriously upsetting to me. And we're I'm trying to figure out the hashtag for it, but restore the Venom verse, but you can't put a hyphen in front after the R in a hashtag and it's still a link to stuff. So we got to figure something out. So it may just be a double R 
uh, hashtag restore the Venomverse because it should be R. It should be R rated. Uh, hopefully, maybe they'll do like a director's cut. I don't know. That is totally like they did amazing. with Daredevil, right? Yeah. They did with Daredevil and and give us a little bit more. But yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, I actually watched the new trailer. Um, this would before Shang Chi and. Um, and I was like, man, it just looks so good up on the big screen. I'm so excited to watch this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I could take or leave Venom as a character, but I've enjoyed the first movie. And uh, Tom Hardy did an interview the other day. I, I'm sure you guys saw, but maybe the passengers didn't. Where he he straight up said, "I wouldn't be doing this if there's not the possibility of Venom finding Spider-Man." I, I saw like, that. Yeah, I was like, oh. The, Kevin Feige, you know, you said that because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and the fact that it really does look like Venom in the No Way Home trailer. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so, it, I mean somebody said Sandman. But yes, true, true. But he's so blurry, you know, like, I, but also you see the big white eye. It's so veiny. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the way you said it made me think of Louise Guzman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know what? Let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right. Hey, Mark, today's sponsor is Charles Chinese Fantastic Finicky Finger Cuffs. Ooh, I haven't played with finger cuffs in a while. I remember the first time I tried them and was freaking out. I couldn't get them. I couldn't get my fingers out. Uh, You got to watch out for those. Fantastic Finicky Finger Cuffs can be dangerous. Yeah, Lance. But for our listeners, if they mention Pop Culture Elevator, they'll get an upgrade from the paper finger cuffs to the metal finger cuffs for no extra charge. That's insane. I got to go buy some. Oh, I just ordered like three boxes while we were talking. (laughs) Thanks, Charles. Chinese fantastic finicky finger cuffs. Thanks. Yay! Okay, passengers, we're on to the elevator pitch. If you don't know by now, it's a 30-second movie pitch using three random words we pick, we get from a word generator. Uh, we're always happy when Mark and I don't have to do it. Uh, <laughs> and since Lance was uh, so kind to be on our podcast today, we are going to ask Lance to do our movie pitch to our uh, our fake executive while he's either going up or down on the elevator. So, Lance, are you ready? Uh, do I have a choice? I no, mean, you don't. You're got it. Nah. Uh, I'm locked on this bumpy <laughs> elevator today. So like, like I said, I was talking about off mic. You know, I've, I've done this before. It's not my first rodeo, as they say, but uh, I'm still nervous. No, nah, don't be nervous. You're going to be great. These are some great. I'm excited about uh, about these words. So I will type them out so you can see on the script, but also um, say them out loud. And I don't know. Maybe you should be nervous because you never know what words you're going to get. Well, here are your three <laughs> random words. If, if my, if my, yep, here we go. Sausage. There we go. Grass. Roof. Ooh. Okay. Sausage, grass, roof. Those are your three random words. And you just tell us when you're ready. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Same right. way. You're ready. All right. So I want to tell you about the new film, Grass Roof. What it is, it's a weed dealer who by day works at a sausage factory, but he finds a way to actually ship weed inside the sausages. Um, So at night he sits up on his roof, you know, stuffing sausages full of weed. And since they're in the meat, 
you know, dogs can't detect them and stuff. Um, so he becomes real successful. But like I said, when he's sitting there just staring up at the stars, he's like, man, I want something better with my life. I don't just want to stuff sausage all day. So as it goes on, um, you know, he eventually tries to break the grass ceiling that he's stuck under to move on into a bigger, better world. But he learns that ultimately he's just he's stuck stuffing sausage the rest of his life. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> Seriously, that's so good. And uh, Zach, do you have a past as a smuggler or something like that? <laughs> Lance, Lance was once a drug dealer with sausage. Oh my gosh! Dude. No, that was that was fantastic. And I would I would watch it. I would watch it. Uh, Lance is definitely smuggling sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Smugglers. We're yeah. Yeah. We are. Uh, oh, it's a speedo joke, guys. That's hilarious. We're gonna like have a bunch of inside jokes during the podcast panel, and everyone's gonna be like, "What the hell are these guys on?" Oh, I do it all the time. It's so much fun. I mean, it's fun for me, but yeah. It encourages people to go back and listen to your shows, which, again, uh, next, as of this recording, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, the 18th, Fan Expo Dallas, y'all come see us. Um, the panel's free. You gotta get on the show, but our panel is free. And I think we're gonna have some goodies and things, maybe? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, there will be some, for sure, there will be some uh, pop culture elevator stuff. I'm guessing the Night Nerd, you'll have some stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have some stuff. It'll be fun. Yeah, We're the only podcast panel, I think. I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited about that. There's there's a few panels I'm really excited for. I'm excited for ours because we're doing it. I'm also excited. There's like a, there's one about haunted Dallas, which I'm really excited about Ooh. listening to. Um, nice. But anyway, you know, you'll be listening to uh, me, Danny. You'll listen to Mark, and you'll you'll be listening to uh, the sausage smuggler Lance. <laughs> Question is where that's a, okay. So we're gonna be. I got to ask to like uh, seven prompts really on the way over here. I don't know what this one. We're gonna be. We're gonna be at the. We're gonna be at the podcast thing, and I'm gonna be like, and welcome, Lance the Sausage Smuggler. <laughs> Can I cosplay as that? Like, is that I, a? Ask me about my sausage. <laughs> Oh God, Daddy! Would you like some sausages? Yes, yes. Oh my God, oh my God. All right, I want to cut us there. Uh, well, no, I'm not. I'm not going to cut us yet. Lance, thank you for being on the show. We very much appreciate it when you're on here. We love having you on. It is so much fun every single time. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. I love love doing it. I uh, love when you guys. You know, I'm on a high. Uh, man, for one, and uh, so I want you guys to come. I want to do like a big welcome back Cotter style thing and uh, get you guys back on the show. I'm excited about the panel. I love my my wife loves when I'm on this show because then she doesn't have to hear me talk about movies for two hours. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing it to somebody else, so she appreciates you having me on as well. No, oh, we, man, and we're yeah, so happy every single time you are. Uh, if we ever need a third, we are always going to come to you first. 
Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Again, I just want to thank you myself. Yeah. It's, it's so great to have you on and your input. It's always so, first of all, insightful, but also hilarious as well. And, uh, and I think also we've solidified that uh, if you can't quote a movie in mid sentence, uh, you don't love that movie. True. Yeah. I'll come back. Anytime you guys want me, I'll come back and I'll bring the sausage. Oh yeah, well we're definitely going to have you back on for Dogma. Maybe we'll just ask you to come on for yeah. Shang-Chi as well since you uh, have a lot to say about that as well. I yeah. I think I do. I mean, if so shameless plug uh check me out night the com. It's a free newsletter where I'm giving out all my updates and I posted my uh Shang-Chi review up there, so definitely yeah. check that out yeah everyone go back and listen to some 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 night nerd uh we love it also uh you know we we can't wait till he comes back from his hiatus refreshed right. refreshed and ready to go but you stand that hiatus man because we'll just keep having you on the show <laughs> and <laughs> we would we would no man we're looking you, so forward to your new format man you wanna, oh, thanks guys want to change it night nerd into a uh, pop culture elevator you're welcome on whenever you want <laughs> the night elevator, the night the night elevator. <laughs> that sounds a little bit raunchy it does like uh, maybe nerd culture elevator maybe Ooh, that would be yeah. yeah all right thank you for listening to pop culture elevator we love you passengers and remember if you want to contact us you can reach us at popcultureelevator at gmail.com instagram at popcultureelevator Twitter at PCE Podcast and our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Thank you again for listening. We will see you next Wednesday.